back to the Talking Wolf podcast. My name is Matt Cooper, and today it's the awesome force, and we're back with four. We'll start with the main man himself, Dave as a party. Dave, how's it going, mate? Very well, thank you, mate. Feeling a bit better now. We've got two wins on the bounce, but yeah, all good, thank you. It's weird, isn't it? Football, doom and gloom the week before. Now we're absolutely flying. Can't wait for Friday. Yeah, funny old mate, game. Fingers crossed. Got another Talking Wolves regular part of the Talking Wolves team. Finn, how's it going? Yeah, the main man and another. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, all good. <laughs> and we've got a new face, a new member. We've got Jordan. Jordan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm Sam, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good to, good to have you on the first, first time, hopefully uh, the first of many. It's nice, it's nice to be back, boys, and nice to be talking, hopefully, in a little bit more positive light. I know that the last time we we spoke or did a podcast, not the last time we spoke, last time we did a podcast, I think we just got beaten by West Ham. Um, but I think we need to address the elephant in the room, which was the Palace game. Dave, probably, for me, it was probably the worst performance of the season. Mate, you know when, like, you have an argument with somebody and, like, you're screaming at the top of your voice? I was genuinely doing that at, at our defence in the first half. And I thought, I've never shouted like this in a long, long time. Just, like, basic daft stuff. Um, and we just didn't want to get close to Palace. I think Kilman had a bit of a, a stinker. But just the defence in, in general, we were dreadful and... I don't know. There's been a couple of just a couple of games like that, but we tend to do it in halves, don't we? Rather than a full game, there's been a couple of halves where we've just not been up to it, and Palace just just running at us, and we didn't know how to to stop them. So, yeah, really, really frustrating. And you know, both both goals, avoidable goals, which I think was the, the mo most frustrating thing, really, and didn't threaten them enough either. Mm. So frustrating because they were a team that you know. On paper, we should be beating them. We should be getting back to winning ways, but twice they've done us this season. Maybe it's just going to be one of those teams where we, we struggle to beat them. But they had big, big players, um, which, you know, caused us the problems at the end of the day. It's a bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the, the first goal was, was was calamitous. I don't know what I don't know what Cody's, Cody's doing. He's got to be stronger. Kilman's obviously not trapped the runner coming across. Was it Mateta? Uh, Sar's got to be a bit more for me, a bit more decisive, a bit more dominant, and, ju and just go and get there. But it's an absolute stinker, wasn't it, Finn? Did you do a vlog for this one, Finn? No, we lost, mate. Of course, I didn't. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Luckily, I mean, we don't have to talk about it much now because we've got a few wins coming up. But if people, it was basically just a copy and paste of the game at Sellers Park. So if you want to go back and find the podcast for that one, it's it's basically the same. It, it felt exactly the same, and that's why it was so frustrating that. I mean, you can partly blame the tactics for doing the exact same thing, but also, like Dave said, it was so frustrating that it just looked like a team that I couldn't really recognise. Like they'd like they couldn't recognise each other, let alone us. Just not being able to pass the ball to each other, and and they got chances from that. They were good, Crystal Palace, but I think we helped them quite a lot with the goals. So, yeah. um, so yeah, basically just a copy and paste. Could you have not gone with the title? Raúl Jiménez starts on the bench for Wolves um, <laughs> in doing all defeat. No, I, I mean, I could try that. I've never tried that one yet. And you could have been filmed him in the dugout for, for 90 minutes. Yeah, Talking yeah. of, of, yeah. of him and his st not starting, uh, George, he went with Neto, Pedence and Huang as the front three. I mean, he, I, I've been calling for something similar and it happened uh, against Brighton at the, at the Amex when, oh God, was it, Wang went off him. Um, yeah, 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 and I thought it, I thought it worked all right, but this was a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's this whole... Um, you always get blindsided by, you know, the brilliance of playing a false nine. And like, you know, you've seen Spain do it in Barcelona and look, look so great at doing it. 
And you know what? Well, we found out pretty quickly Pedence isn't a false nine. <laughs> you know, no. completely away. And I think that, that, in all fairness to Palace, I mean, we haven't turned up against them both games. I think but I think we've been really bad three games all season where I'd say we've been absolutely shite. And it's been Palace both times, Brentford at home. And mm-hmm. it's a shame, really, because, you know, you look at Palace and, you know, what? I don't think they're a bad team under Vieira. And I think that, you know, I actually think they've got some half-decent players. I quite like Gay and uh, Anderson and they've got Gallagher. And they're not a bad team, but we've made them look a lot better than what they are. And we haven't really laid a glove on them, have we, like both games? And it's a bit, when you look at that table, it's a bit frustrating, really, that you, you'd like to think we take more than zero points out of both games, but the reality is we didn't turn up and we got what we deserved. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've raised some good points there. It's it's twice now they've, they've turned us over and, and convincingly and... I think it was one of those games. If they had gone in four or five nil at half time, you'd probably, you, you know, it wouldn't have been against against what what we'd seen out there. You know, Gallagher's a good player. Elise, Zaha, no matter whether you think he's an insufferable prick or not, he's he's, he's still he's still a very good player and very dangerous. Um, but Dave, we started with Hoover and Marcel as the as the right wing backs. Um, Johnny came on, and um, Bruno made some. Quite ridiculous comments, in my opinion, after the game, saying that Hoover, you know, didn't take his opportunity, and I don't want don't want anything to do with kids who don't don't put the effort in. Do you think that was just born out of frustration for, for the result? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, in my opinion, possibly necessary. I know, you know, I think we're just not used to it as Wolves fans, as a team, as staff and stuff. We're almost too nice. And I think Bruno has come across as somebody that's very nice. The press love him and everything. So I think everyone was just a bit shocked when, you know, those words came out. But I think one or two of the things he said, even more recently, when he he dug out Hoover for the defeat against Liverpool, I thought that was like a bit of an unnecessary (laughs) dig as well. But, you you know, in the last podcast, I gave my thoughts on Keanu Hoover. I don't think he was good enough against West Ham. Um, And I wasn't completely convinced by him. I even put him in my bet mate team because I felt sorry for him. I thought, you know what, I've been giving him so much stick. I'll put him in the bet mate. And then he come off injured five, ten minutes in. So he did, he still didn't, you know, he still shafted me there as well. But um I was surprised, but sometimes it's necessary. We saw, I think it was the athletic put out that when we played Bernie, Trincao and Fabio Silva were messing around as well. And that's why they didn't come on the pitch. Um, you know, because they weren't training and warming up properly. So I think he's just got to get that into their heads. At Benfica. You know, he was the B team or the, the youth team coach and came up to the first team. So he, he was, you know, he had disciplined these young players and was able to bring them into the first team and they knew what he was about. He's come into this team and obviously taken on these young players that probably don't understand him as a coach and how he wants to work. Um, so, yeah, I think that that probably did tip him over the edge and it was probably about time for some home, tr- home truths. So surprising to hear, but f- for me at the same time, a little bit refreshing, I suppose. What's the term though? Hunger in paradise? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Finn, I mean, you sit, in the, you sit in the North Bank with me. Obviously, I sit with the working mm-hmm. class like you sit with the, the posh people in the uh, WV1. You see um, the same as me, people, warm, players warming up. Yeah. Tr- Trinko has always been kind of lackadaisical, hasn't he? I'm not like, and Silver. So you can see why he gets frustrated when we, you know, we're, we're chasing the game and he looks across the touchline and they both just start, stood there chatting. Yeah, we only really have one sort of. Um, enthusiastic warmer upper, and it's Pedence. So whenever he's on the bench, my, I mean, my mum and my sister—it's what they pay the admin for, really. Um, but <laughs> they're all the same. Even if Jimenez is on the bench, he doesn't warm up. He just stands and stares at Bruno, and then you'll notice, like, if we ever miss a chance, 
He just stands like that and stares. Eight Nori looks half asleep. The whole bench, they're not very enthusiastic. So, like with the Hoover thing, I think he was just... I think there's a few he's been wanting to say that to, and Hoover was just the unfortunate one that got the brunt of it, and it looked like the headlines were all just attacking Hoover. Um, I agree, Matt. Like, it felt a bit harsh to me, but when you look at the players, like as we as Dave said, he's been an expert in bringing through youth. And I mean, Man City playing right now, Bernardo Silva, Jao Cancelo, they all rave about him. Renato Sanchez, he's brought these players through. He's obviously got the right touch. It's not how I'd go about it. I mean, like I'm a football manager, I don't think I've ever flipping thrown a water bottle in my life but um if you need to get angry sometimes maybe that's what you've got to do yeah i, I mean I, I would be a little bit concerned if i mean if, if you believe what the rumors are true i think birmingham live alex dickon released an article to say that hoover was told that samada would have been first choice last season then this season it would have been kind of mm-hmm. fighting fighting for each other's place samada has been banging form hoover's unhappy he's not played but I don't know about you, George, but I'd be I'd be concerned if a professional footballer wasn't banging on the door asking mm. to be played. But one thing you got to do if you are doing that is when you get your opportunity, you got to take it. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's um, you hear about obviously the read the Alex Dickon article as well, and it's you know you would be banging on the door. And I think going back to um, you know the Amazon documentary with Tottenham and Danny Rose went in to see Mourinho. Mourinho just basically said, "Well, you're not do you look well, you're not putting a shift in." So piss off basically and I think yeah. that you know as a professional footballer of course he wants to play and he probably you know he's come from Liverpool or a big club he's a Dutch under 21 he's probably come with a bit of reputation he, he obviously there is a player in there I, I generally think I don't think he's a wing back in in a month of Sundays to be honest with you but I think mm-hmm. there is a little I think there is a player in there and he's probably he's frustrated but like you say Samedo's been bang on form arguably player of the season I think he'd be up there with a shout of that without how good he's been all season so same time You've got to be prepared to wait your turn and take the opportunity. And he hasn't, unfortunately. I think that you can tell that I think the Liverpool game, and again, he came on for a few minutes and obviously made he got spun, didn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, and that it just looked bereft of confidence against West Ham. Like as a wing back, you've got you it's such an important role when you when you're playing in the back five to get up and down the pitch. And he was just so safe against West Ham, like really safe, and like you couldn't get up the pitch and you could see that happening against Palace as well. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate that he's obviously come off injured and stuff and he's got the brunt of Bruno's wrath. But it makes sense when you think about, you know, I think there's arguments to, as to why Aitnery is not starting every week because comparing with Marcel, he's a better footballer. There's no two ways about it. But I think I think he, Hoover's took the brunt of, like, maybe some of the other youngsters not pulling the weight, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I don't think you can blame Hoover for coming off injured. He would have done his warm up. I don't think when he said he hasn't prepared, I just think he means you know in the weeks in training. I, I personally think it was it was born out of frustration for, for losing two 0 Unfortunately, Hoover's Hoover's got the, the brunt of it. He has come out and said uh, after the game that or in the week that it, it was you know he spoke to Key soon after and they all understood and and, and whatnot. So it seems like it's been squashed. And but it, it was strange for me. I'm I'm not a massive fan of managers coming out and hanging a player out to dry, whether they deserve it or not, especially a young player. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what, what the future holds for Hoover. It, it might be the kickstart that he needs. It might make him go into his shell even more so. I know not long afterwards, he changed all his socials, didn't he, Dave? To, um, what did, yeah, him and a Holland kit. Him no and a Holland kit. Anywhere to be seen, yeah. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. It's a bit of a strange one. Um, but... After after this game, Dave, did you did you feel that 
the bubbles burst, the season's over? No, not necessarily, because I looked at the games coming up. Obviously, we had... Um... Uh, who've been playing Watford, Everton, Watford, Everton, and Leeds, and I thought, you know, you still got three winnable games there, and if we can win all three, we'll get something out of all three. You know, you'd expect teams in and around us to drop some sort of points as well. I think we were back in, we could be back in the race. So yeah, it wasn't all over at the time. Obviously, frustrating, um, but yeah, definitely not. I think you know. Obviously, we're in a completely different situation now. We're happy as Wolves fans. You know, every single one of us are fickle. You know, lose one game, it's a, you know we're the worst team in the world, and win win one or two on the bounce, and we can we can win the title. So yeah, I think football fans in general are fickle, but I feel like this season, especially like our lot, it's it's even worse because of how close it all is. Like you could throw a blanket over us, Spurs, and and, and West Ham, and be. It's always there's always one of us dropping points, so I think that's what's made it more fickle. It made us more fickle. Um, but Finn, the, the, let's press on now to the Watford game. Now, now we, we've spoken about it. It was a wonderful performance, wasn't it, from start to finish? Yeah, and until maybe two wins in a row, I can be fickle now and say we're brilliant again. But at the time, I thought, is it us being brilliant or are they being awful as well? I think it was a I thought, um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they put in a spirited performance at the end of that Arsenal game. Um, so I thought maybe they'll go into this quite hungry, but didn't really show up at all. Still got Dennis in my FPL. And after that, he, he's gone. I, I couldn't see much coming from Watford. Um, but no, yeah, I think once we were given that helping hand to begin with, second half was just a pleasure to watch and, and capped with a, a goal that I haven't made a noise for like that in a long time. It's a different sort of noise, isn't it? A goal like that. Just, <laughs> not many people get to hear me make those. Don't let you, don't let you miss <laughs> that, mate. Bloody hell. A few question marks around the lineup, George, though. We saw, saw Willie Bolly come back in out, out from the cold. I couldn't believe that. No, you know what, as well? He, he came back like the version that we grew to love, as well. He was, landing, he was He looked so mm-hmm. assured. Like I thought... He was coming in. And Kilman probably should have come out, you know, after mm. he was at Palace. And you can tell, you know, whether he's related back to what's going on in Ukraine. Who knows? But he's, he's definitely yeah. he was off the boil a little bit. And Bolly came back and distribution, aerial, like he, he just won everything. He was just back to his best. And I think that a bol- like a fit Bolly is, you know, he walks into our team, in my opinion, in our best 11. And the way he played against Watford, again, not... Bigging up too much, so I thought they were embarrassing to be honest with you. But he was he was brilliant, he was brilliant, and you know what? It was great to see because it gives us another option now as well. That's another option. And where we've been bemoaning depth in the squad, if you've got a player like Willie Bolly on your bench, we're obviously we're a half decent team, put it like that. Yeah, I think you raise a great point there. It's almost like he came back to the Bolly of probably a couple of years ago because every time I see that. You, you see an article to say that Willie Bolly's back training. You, you see a lot of people, mostly on Facebook, saying this is great news. And I'm sat there thinking, I've watched him a year and a half, and he's been in large parts not very good. Um, but like you said, he come back and he was imperious. He was, he was so dominant, wasn't he, Dave? I know, I know you said that not, not long after. He said he's he's just, he's just an absolute animal when he's on his day. And <clears> if we can, yeah. we can try and keep that Bolly and bottle it up and keep him fit, then. He still is, even at was he 30, 31? He's still he's still a big asset for for the team. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about getting a new centre half, and that was even, I suppose, that was even before we knew his situation, really. Mm. Um, obviously, and we've come in with Says, Cody, and uh, Kilman, and pretty much had one of the best defences defenses in the league. And now, if you add Willy Bolly to it, a fully fit Willy Bolly, like you just said, uh, like George said, it really was like he'd never been gone. He walked back into that team. There was no. No bits of play where you thought, oh, yeah, you could tell he's not very sharp. Like, he was bang on, like, aerial duels. Every time he went for it, up for a header, he's winning it. And uh, he was fantastic. But I said on the match preview before the game, obviously, he'd been um, featured on the bench for the last game Also, I said, you know, obviously, I expected Bolly to be on the bench again. We might only see one or two small cameos from him uh, from him before the end of the season, and he might leave. Um, and I was completely wrong. He started that game, had a full 90 minutes. And he was phenomenal. And now it's given Bruno Large another good headache, I'd say, for the mm. rest of the season. Because if he can keep Bolly at that sharpness and fitness, he's got a choice of two wide centre-backs, let's say, uh, three wide centre-backs, rather, that can, can do a job and that, I'd, as a fan, would be comfortable in watching. Yeah. I think that the comments after the game were, were quite telling as to what Bruno Large thinks of Max Kilman, though. He, he said that... You know, we've played so many games and I, I really trust Max and, you know, sometimes you have to rotate things. Um, and and, and Jordan, you, you were right in saying that he's he's not been, Kilman hasn't been at it really in the past two or three games, whether that's to do with the atrocities going on in Ukraine remains to be seen. I think it'd affect anyone who, who's, who's got links with the country. Um but Finn, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Ben Foster for a little bit. I'm sure we can <laughs> talk about it. Atmosphere has been, by and large, pretty shit this season at the Molyneux until Ben Foster turns mm. up. <laughs> uh, we were saying this probably about, what would it have been? Was it 3-0 by about 25 minutes, 20-25? Minute. At what point is it, could you blame it like as bad management or from Roy Hodgson to play him? Like Because they've got, I mean, Backman's played a few games this season. I thought it just gave us an extra edge that they could have just got rid of. Like every, The pressure on him, and to be fair, he's never been good, particularly good with his feet, but we've it feels like we caused that. And then listening to his podcast again, I listened to it um, on the way back afterwards and how he said Molyneux and how it can send you under. And when mm. I was younger, it used to really affect me. It's mad. I know they say, oh, the fans are the 12th man, but it genuinely felt like we got in a footballer's head, which is, I think we should all pat ourselves on the back, really. I think we did a great, I think we'd take the win. Us four, you, could, goal, you, yeah. could, you could just tell he's after <laughs> going, couldn't you? Like he's, mm. he's a seasoned pro. He's, he's had a wonderful career. So it doesn't take away from the fact that he's, he's, a, he's a knob. But is he though? He's, he's a lovely, oh, he's yeah, like a lovely bloke. Oh, no, like it's all old oh, Rambo. He's a ledge. He's a baller. What a guy! What a guy like. That's the tweets <laughs> after the Albion games oh, as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. the Watford one where I was maybe slightly. Oh, Watford, that was it. Yeah, yeah. He called the one five as well, didn't he? Like, no one's mm. ever called Aaron Ramsdale Rambo apart from Ben Foster. Like, you, <laughs> you know that. Like, yeah, like that. He's just could... a bit of it. As a footballer, you, like you could lap it up as much as you want, but if you're stood there with your back to that stand as well, having that much abuse, I don't think anyone in this world would feel comfortable there. You know, no, not at all. And even when he came out uh, and he and he come towards, like, I think because I kicked towards the South Bank first, he walked over and he was like, he, yeah. he, he couldn't he couldn't look anyone in the eye, and he, I just knew that he was gonna his ass was gonna go. And then as soon as he made that mistake for for the for the Pedence goal. I mean, great finish nonetheless, even though it's an open, uh, an open goal. But every time after that, he got the ball, it was like he didn't want it. It was like, it was like a hot potato. But 
fantastic to see. But it's, it is strange with the atmosphere, isn't it? But you know, not not complaining. Perhaps we just need to. Uh, perhaps we just need to target opposition keepers, and maybe we might, maybe we might get a few more songs going. Um, but George, performance-wise, happy, best performance of the season. Um, I I don't think it was the best performance of the season, just because I think there's. Watford were a big contributing factor to the fact of the result. Mm. I, do think, I do think they were embarrassing. I know I said it already, but they were yeah. really bad. And I think that they let us play. And, you know, like I think you look at, and again, don't want to really give the blueprint about how to beat Wolves, but I think you look at that, you know, Arsenal, when we played them at the Emirates and West Ham and even Palace, like if you press us and don't let us play and get in our faces, you can nullify us. And we were literally... There were like a good five, seven yards off of Moutinho Neves every time we got the ball. I had the privilege of watching it at home because I had COVID. So I couldn't believe I believe didn't get in his face. Like no one was getting in the face. And like I think Neves didn't Neves complete the most crossfield passes. Was it like something like 21 out of 23? Yeah, it's more than like goalkeepers do, like long balls, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, but no, like again, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic to watch, but it's like Mm. You know what? They made it really easy for us. Uh, don't get me wrong, he scored four goals. We don't score goals. So I'm yeah. I'm not yeah. bothered that it was a good performance, but I do think Watford contributed to it to say it was out yeah. Especially go on, sorry, Matt. When when it's players like Sissoko and even the Everton game to Corey that have previously been like Neves and Matino's kryptonite, it was yeah, they, they did really well against him. Sorry. That's no, right. I know we spoke about this in our in our group chat, uh Dave, where I think you said like you, you know, Sissoko's a bit old, but he's he's a real presence, and you you worried a little bit about Neves and and Martina, whether they could be up to it. But I was just like, I, I I didn't I didn't see it being a problem at all because I think I think now they've probably learnt the lesson a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I, I think go in these games this season, like, I know we spoke about the Palace game, but I think we've sort of learnt as a team now how we can sort of play our way against these bulkier midfields. And like you look, touch wood, you know, you look at our results against the lower teams this season, they've been all right. And they're the teams that tended to cause us the problems before. Um, but I, I said just in general, he's like a player that I'd want at Wolves, but at the same time, I wouldn't want it at Wolves because <laughs> he's like yeah. a big bulky midfielder that can get up and down the pitch. But at the same time, you just think of him as a bit of a, you know, he hasn't got much else about him, to be fair. So... I don't know. I was a bit. I, I was a bit worried. I looked at his betmate points before the game as well. He was racking those points up. He was my captain actually on betmate, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, fortunately for Wolves, he had a. He didn't have a great game. So, um, yeah, happy, happy altogether. But yeah, Nevers and Martino absolutely ran that game. It was ridiculous how well they were on the ball. They, they, they were sensational. One thing though about about that, it's well, first off, when I come out of the ground, everyone say, like, "Oh, we scored four goals. It was great." Yeah, but I mean they've chucked two in. Let's not. I mean, let's not you know beat around the bush. But um, let's talk about that 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 Neves performance thing. Uh, I've seen a few people on Twitter dub it as the best individual performance I've seen at Molyneux. I don't I don't agree with that, but it was a special performance, wasn't it? It was. Um, but now we've seen like Barcelona and that sniffing around. I think Martino's the player that they've all got to go for, really. Um, <laughs> Then, uh, then Donker, if they fancy him, it's, it's getting worryingly good, isn't it? At yeah. the moment, um, to the point where, like, with the contract situation, you wouldn't begrudge him a move at the end of the season because a player like that should be, like Bruno said, was it the, the top of the top? The quote, yeah. um, just control the midfield, as I say, you can see he's grown as a player because those sorts of players that he was struggling against this season, no problem, just 
Rolls Royce midfielder. Like I, I was discussing earlier with my family, actually, does he go down if he leaves this summer? Does he go down as a Wolves legend? Uh, I think I think so. I, yeah, I think he's the only one in the sort of era that I've been watching. Legend. Say, yeah, that, that would qualify. I, 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 it's a strong word. It's a strong word. It is. <laughs> Depends where he goes. Comment below. Yeah. George, does he, he go down as like... a legend if he leaves this this I'd summer? Say so. I've, um, I'd say so. I think just about because I think he he's pretty much the poster boy of yeah. the whole era, isn't he? If you know the song yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and he's the best thing. He's definitely the best centre midfielder in my, my lifetime. I know I'm not that much older than you lot, but he's by far, you know, he's just brilliant. Like, and some of the things he can do with football is just illegal. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and like you know, you know, a lot of Wolves, especially our generation, grown up on quite industrious centre midfielders who, you know, not taking the, you know, not saying de degrading the worth to the club like you know your Dave Edwards is and all these sort of players, yeah. Carl Emery and whatever. And there was graft there and a bit of industry, but like it's just pure cl like class. That that's all you can say. And mm. I think that yeah, I don't, I, you know wasn't around for like the eighties or anything like that, but it's like, you must be close to being in like our all time 11. I think like, if you look at it, like pound for pound, he's got to be. You'd got argue be. him and Matinho by far. I know, I know other people have said that I've seen a few people say he's like Matinho and Neves are like number two and three. I can't remember who they said was first. Um, but I, 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 I think so. Like you said, Jordy, not much older than us. So for our, the team that I grew up watching, or having the first memory of was the, the playoff winning team with like Nathan Blake and all them lot. That's yeah, yeah. that's the first team that I remember. And obviously he's, he's better than who was a uh, like Colin Cameron and Mark <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, yeah, Mark Kennedy, <laughs> all them lot, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he said some of the stuff that he does with the ball is illegal, Dave. That finish, unbelievable. The, so I could see I could see him lining it up, and it was just. I felt like that ball hung in the air for about three hours. I was just sat there and all watching it. Well, he had he had the one that he shot that was blocked, and then we scored off a rebound, which was sort of disallowed, or the referee yeah, very very early, was. which I know a lot of people still can't understand what happened there. Um, I assume it's because Bolly was sort of blocking off the defender, but it was very harsh. I think, like I've said to to a few people, the ref should have let it play on, but it, you know we'd, we'd be pedantic. But yeah, that finish was ridiculous. But you know what the thing was was actually the build up to the goal where Neves actually gets the ball and I've seen him doing it a lot more the last two games in particular, rather than taking a touch and passing it straight off or crossing it straight in, he's getting the ball and trying to drive forward with it. And that's what he did with that goal there. It didn't go far, but took a touch, big touch forward and like sees Foster off his line and it is just genuinely perfect. Any more power, it's over the bar. Any less power, it goes into Ben Foster's hands or he's tipping it over. It was genuinely just a superb finish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's one another one like every single like, you know pretty much ninety five percent of his goals are just like ridiculous goals, and they're yeah. going to be on every Wolves goal compilation for the next fifty years because they're just that good. That, that you, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I was coming on to my next point. I feel like the last two games, he's. He's been the complete midfielder. Everything he did was right. Whereas previously, like, there's some elements to his game that uh, could do with being rounded a bit more, a bit more polished. But the last two games, he has been utterly flawless, even you know, defensively, offensively. 
Yeah, I know we'll talk about the Everton game in a minute, but yesterday against Everton, we know it never is. Normally, you pass him the ball, takes one or two touches, and then he'll spray it out to wherever he wants to. But going against Everton, he probably gained about 30 to 35 yards in a single move yesterday on his own, yeah. just driving well, the ball forward. And, the, and the, re <laughs> the recycling of the ball as well from both him and Martino has been ridiculous. Just so good the last couple of games. And I, I don't know what it is. He's been so good. And it, I just really, really hope that we can convince him whether we have to get into Europe to do it or, or say well, this is the, how much we're going to spend this summer. I just want us to, to convince him to sign a new contract to the club. Do you think it's likely though? I mean, you couldn't begrudge him, could you, yeah. if he wanted to go go and better himself? The only kind of um, kind of hope I'm holding on to that he seems really settled. He's almost developed a, a black country accent as well. <laughs> he, he loves he loves he loves the club. He, he, he comes he, like he can genuinely tell that the lad loves the club, but I don't think that's enough to keep him here. Do you? Matt, think? He's got yeah. a wolf oh. tattoo. All right, so you know that 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 says it all. Yeah. He's got a tattoo of a wolf on his arm. <laughs> Hasn't he got? A, now he's got a tattoo of um, him celebrating like that. Celebrating, he's got like, yeah. Um, he's got like three or four tattoos of like some of his celebrations at Wolves. I think it's on his arm or his leg or something. Yeah. So there's no room for any other clubs. He's got to stay. Yeah. No. So much armory. <laughs> but no, the only thing, I, if you proposition right, if I was like the contract guy at Wolves, if you did a sort of Jack Grealish sort of thing where you said, right, give us next season and if we're not in Europe there's a clause for whatever 70 80 million you can go to a team in Europe but say bring in a midfielder that we know will complement him we've been screaming out for that sort of box to box say we're going to bring that person in whether we actually do or not I don't know but I would I would promise him that regardless um put in that sort of clause and that's the only way I think you're going to keep him because it, it is from the outside looking in, obviously we're hoping he stays and he loves the club and he must love technical enough to not go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, which is it's like, we are hopeful, aren't we? But I think that's the way you can keep him, personally. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I really, really hope we can keep him. And that's like the last two games, like I said, he's been utterly flawless. And it's like, people are going to start noticing soon. People are going to start taking <laughs> note that he's a, he's, a, he's a tremendous talent. Unless he goes to Man City, uh, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, or PSG, I'll be disappointed. Or Barca, I'll be disappointed if he goes elsewhere. But the Villa Dark, I think they can get him then. Uh, probably. <laughs> Villa fan one has just tweeted us back saying... Is it that Wesley Boyle, the Villa fan who's on that probably, line? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we oh. sign Ruben Neves, our midfield two would be Douglas Louise and John McGinn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chunky Wanker, whatever his name is, you know, he's... Yeah. One of those kind of tweets. But that, that's a Watford game, like a 4-0 win. Um, after that game, Jordan, about you, but I felt really confident about going to going to Everton that it wasn't just going to be a flash in the pan and the blip would be over. And I think we can say that, can we? Can we say the blip's I over? So. I think so. I think that, you know, I just think we're a good team. Like genuinely, I think we're a good team, and we're going to lose football games because we're not perfect, mm. and we're not one of the you know we're not a Liverpool or Man City. We are that. I I don't think there's a lot between third and eighth, like you say, in terms of on a one-off game, one to eleven. I really don't. And sorry, below Chelsea, should I say? Yeah, I completely. Agree. Uh, like I think yeah, the top three, are the top three, and and I think we're just a good team, and I think that. If we turn up, I think that we um, we can beat anyone on our day. I've got that confidence in this this team, and it's it's really really good. Um, and I think that going to Everton, 
I, I don't know if you're going to bring it up. Like, I saw the I saw a lot of tweets before the game when the the lineup came out, and it just really like angered me because, you know, I know they got slapped by Tottenham five in the week and stuff, but the home game before that, I'm pretty sure, was the Man City game where they were unlucky not to get anything out of the game. Yeah. They were really good. Goodison's a horrible place to go, and people are moaning about you know bringing Den Donkrin, Marcel in. Why are we playing three five two? The shit. What's this? You know, like it's a poisonous place, Goodison Park, and I think we played it absolutely perfectly. Silence the crowd, get them to turn on them, and it was as comfortable. I think the second half was pretty comfortable. In the end, I thought it was a comfortable one nil, and yeah. um. Yeah, like I just think that, like you say, the fickleness of Wolves fans. It's like, oh well, we beat Watford four. Let's go and let's go play three four three. Reality is, I know Everton are where they are because they are where they are. They're not that good at the moment, but they've still got some. You know, Richarlison's still a dangerous player, and they've still got people who can hurt you. So I think we paid them enough respect. And you know what? I just, like I say, I, I think some of the tweets and stuff about, I don't know, it just doesn't sit easy with me to be honest with you. We were in the pub before the game um, on County Road and. Speaking to a couple of people, and now he's like, I said, it's in the lineup. Oh, yeah, he's fucking doing three, five, seven, negative. And I was like, all you need to do is is not concede for half hour at Goodison. You know how they love a boo. And you, you're completely right in what you say, George. It was almost like, all right, first 45 minutes, we'll sit deep, we'll we'll contain, we'll frustrate the life out of them. And I don't know if you agree with this, Dave. Second half, it was like two completely different teams. Yeah, exactly. Just, the, 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 the class and the quality shone through. And what you've got to also got to take into consideration as well, we only, we only played Thursday. It's a quick turnaround. Oh, there was going to be rotation and it worked. It worked the treat. Yeah, I agree. I'm sort of glad we were there so I didn't have to be scrolling like through Twitter or look at some of the tweets because mm. I think if there's one thing that us as a fan base need to learn is just wait until the final whistle. I remember, I always remember when we played Besiktas away in the Europa League and everyone was going ballistic by halftime of how bad we were playing or not even bad we were just so negative and I thought I can't believe you're expecting us to go to Besiktas away in Turkey and just go out all out attack like the, how toxic a place that would be and we just like held them at bay and then got the winning goal and then it was all happy and rosy by the end of the final whistle so that's what you know us as a and I, I'm, I'm probably guilty of it myself as well. I, I've done it before, you know. I've, I've made comments during the game or whatever. But um, what was yeah. your tweet? What was your tweet? Yeah, you away. Oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> when is Clown going to make a change? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why Bruno's rejecting my calls. No, um, <laughs> by I, I've come to. I'm not going to say like, but I've come to sort of tolerate the free in the middle now this season because I know it has got its positives. I was never a big fan of it because I thought it restricted us going forward. And although we didn't create a huge amount of chances yesterday as well, um, you know, I think it did solidify us. It stopped Everton from creating much, like George said. Yes, they're not doing very well. They got Richarlison. They've got players like Decore and Van der Beek. Where if you do give them a bit of space or time on the ball, they're probably going to make things happen. So. Yeah, you know, we restricted them really well until half time. And then for that whole 45 minutes, I think it was quite crucial. We got that early second half goal. But my word, I've, I've, I probably close to being one of our most comfortable, maybe comfortable second half or 45 minutes of the season. But the way we were knocking the ball around, I've not seen us play football like that for a long, long time. Yeah. And we were just doing it like it was an exhibition or tr match or training drill. It was ridiculous. Like you were, we were saying earlier, just the little tricks, flicks, the way we were using our chest to, to knock the ball on. 
it was just phenomenal. The triangles of passes, it was it was really enjoyable to watch. But it was wasn't just the attractive players like Neves and Matinho doing it. It was Marcel, Sace, Dendonka. They're all getting involved. It was a top performance by everyone. Yeah, I think I think from front to back, it was it was fantastic. And that that that, that second half, it was when we were getting pressured with the ball and we we're just retained possession and it was like it was easy and we were playing around him. It was like boys boys v men. Neves and Matinho in that middle picking up such intelligent positions to kind of get around the press. Um it was it was it was an absolute masterclass and I'm with you. I don't I don't really mind the three five two and I I mean I was saying at half time I'd switch to a three four three we're not creating anything. A lot of the games been played out wide but I think it shows how much we know. But let's let's talk about the golfing. Uh Dendonka won that won the foul initially with a another another run out wide, which seems to be doing as a what, what you as a Mazala. What would you say as a Mazala, Dendonka? <laughs> yeah, go on. That's yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> you know, been deployed here, there, and everywhere this season. Uh, but he wins the foul, ball comes in, gets headed away, and it's those second phases of free kicks, which we know they've been working on. And it's worked to trade. And after the weekend, Finn, I think Conor Curley's the best finisher at the club. <laughs> Mate, to be fair, I thought it was an own goal to begin with. I didn't really see it. I thought it had gone in. I've someone no way that's what Cody did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a play. And if that, I suppose, if the Watford game is the fans' win, Tony Roberts has got to take that one because the, the dramatic in, like, improvement in second phase of set pieces, the amount of goals we've scored this season. I mean, away from home alone, I remember the Brighton one. Um, two with one at Villa or two at was it, it was two at Villa, wasn't it? Yeah, Villa away, so, second phase set pieces. So it's it's been amazing. It's added so, so many goals to a account that's low as it is. So they've been really, really, um, really important for us. But I mean, I can't believe that Cody was back for for three of those seasons because like he was famously never crossed the halfway line, did he? I remember when we got promoted and a lot of like uh, my mates were saying, "Oh, who's a good FPL option?" I said, "Anyone but Cody." And this season, I think he's one of our highest point scorers because of the clean sheets, the goals. It's, it's yeah, get him up there. I don't know why we didn't, but yeah, great goal. The only the only time we used to get over the halfway line last year was when he was fucking changing sides for fucking half time. <laughs> oh, celebrating penalty yeah, of celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Um it's a it's 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 a great finish. And you can I bet he loved that as a cop height. Because they were giving him some stick as well. They were giving him some mm. stick. He loved um, it. But again, Dave, we're going back to the to the point of Neves. The fact that he's got the ball out wide, normally he'd probably Try and come in field or or just hit it first time. He's gone past the player and that whipped an absolute pearl of a ball in. Like <laughs> I don't know what's happened to him in the past couple of weeks, but he's turned into a well beater. I think he's looked at your haircut and thought, I need a trim like that, and then I might turn into <laughs> a, you know a top flare. No, he's he's just looks more positive on the ball and that quality of ball literally just needed a touch in that direction, and he's going in the back of the net because of the pace of the ball and the height of it was bang on. And um Again, I'm, I'm going to bring him up, bet, mate. I just thought it was the amount of players in there. I was like, yes, Romain says for the bet, mate. And then it was kind of Cody <laughs> wheeling away. Um, but yeah, he's it was a, it was a top header. And like anyone, like you pick anyone of that wall scene that you would have wanted to score yesterday at Goodison Park, it would have been Cody. So yeah, great. And great goal. Second, like you said, Matt, I didn't really realise until after the game, but a second phase as well. It's recycling the ball after a set piece. And yeah, bang on. I'm there. Uh, yeah, well chuffed. Well, you, you say there wasn't been anyone else you'd want to score that goal for Wolves. Well, in my bet, mate, I had Sace and Johnny, so I would have preferred it if it was Johnny if putting it was the ball in and Sace. Uh, <laughs> in. But let's let's just brush over bet, mate, because 
um, at, at the weekend, it was uh, winner takes all pot, which is not what we usually do. We usually do a it pays like five or six places. So me and Dave have been having absolute stinkers. Like we just we, we just can't even we can't get the points on the board. Um, so bearing in mind, this week was the winner takes all pot. I managed to I managed to come fourth and finish. <laughs> like it's the highest I've finished since we since we partnered with them, and it was going really well as well. Like I couldn't get signal in the ground at half time. Like I was I was doing really well, and then to come back and say I finished fourth, you know, only four points off hundred and fifty quid. I just just wanted the ground to swallow me up. But big shout out to Jake G ninety eight who. Who finished with sixty three points and took home one hundred and fifty quid off? off you tweeted us today as well, Matt. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, but his team, like, he, he he's put Cody in there. Like, he's got he's got to be like someone have a look at match right. fixing. But who's putting Cody in the in the in the <laughs> team? He doesn't intercept. He doesn't tackle. He, he just score. loves the narrative, mate. He just bro. loves the narrative. Yeah, his team was Sark, Cody, Kilman, Captain Nebsch. Matinho, vice captain Jimenez, and Richarlison. Um, Neves is his is, is best performer with 20 points, but I, I fucking couldn't believe it that I finished fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have done going away Friday, I could have done with 150 quid. Um, <laughs> but where did you finish, Dave? I'm just scrolling down here, but I feel like uh, my yeah, 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 keep going, my phone might die. <laughs> uh, 17. <laughs> Yeah. That's um, that's not too bad for you, is it? You know what though? If if you finish fourth, you would have won about twenty quid. Well, that's what I mean. If it wasn't a winner, like if we did the we... normal rules, whose idea was it to change it? it I think it was Mine. both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've shattered myself there out of hundred and fifty quid. But big shout out to Jake G ninety eight because he's absolutely smashed it there, and he said he's gonna get he's gonna do the double against Leeds on Friday. So let's move on to that game. Uh, Friday night, eight o'clock kickoff at Molyneux. Under the lights, Jordan, do you reckon it'll be a special atmosphere again? Um, hope so. And I think that Leeds come into town. I mean, exactly, the yeah. media darlings of Leeds and all that, whatever you say, the, fa- the fan base is very it's good, like, it's very good. So, it's naturally, I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty sure they'd have sold out, not without even looking. And I yeah. think that it's a really winnable game. I think, I think the fact of obviously they've got that last minute winner against Norwich yesterday, which probably gives them a puts the tail up a little bit and I, I you know I don't I hate all the media narrative of it all and I think we'd be able to go it's probably gonna stop but they're good for the Premier League in my opinion. Yeah um being there. It's a game you know we, we should be favourites for I think that we've got their number a little bit. I think the away game at Ellen Road I think we were a little bit naive in the way of how we approached it when we went one nil up and we like to control games and we're very successful at that. But then on the flip of it, when you concede last minute, that's where the frustration comes out of it because we could have mm. we know we could have done more. Um like I say, I think it's it'll be a good game. I think we're strong favourites for it. And another three points, especially with a few of the other teams around us not playing. I know West Ham are playing Spurs, I think, as well. It's quite a bit, it's a big weekend again, um, in terms of where we can actually put some pressure on these teams around us with the three points. Yeah, like you said, they got that that last minute winner um, at the weekend. But I don't know about you, Dave, but I feel I won't. I mean, I'm not going to be at the game. I'm going to be watching it abroad. But I feel confident we're going to go there. We're going to go tomorrow and you get the job done. I hope so. I mean, there's. I think every game now. I'm never. I'm not going into every game 100 confident like I used to. To be fair. But I just think a lot of these Premier League teams you just don't know which version of them are going to turn up. And we've seen Leeds 
turn up against some teams. Obviously, I've I've not managed to see any of the the couple of games under Jesse Marsh yet, so I don't really know how things have changed for Leeds United yet. But like George said, that that game at Ellen Road was really frustrating because you know they had such a, a poor team out as well. I think they had a number of injuries, suspensions, COVID at the time. You know, we really should have done the the job on them and. Uh, it's one of those type of games that we look at the end of the season and if we're missing out on Europe by a couple of points, you're thinking that game against Leeds, the games at home to to Burnley, away at Norwich, you know, they're the sort of games we're going to look back at. But yeah, I mean, as far as I can remember, every time we play Leeds, we have, especially under the lights, we've had a couple of good games over the years mm. against them. I think we had the one, it was a good Friday, we beat them the full three, was it? We yeah. played them in yeah. the Championship uh, in a couple of evening games and got a couple of good results. So, when I look at it that way, I am feeling confident, but like you guys said, phenomenal support. And I think them bringing good support, them hopefully having a good atmosphere is going to jeer up the rest of the rest of Molyneux as well. And it's going to be a good night. What do you think of the, the Marsh appointment, Finn? Um, as, as an outsider, I'm not quite sure of the... Well, I get why Bielsa is so, so loved, but are you, are you surprised that they parted ways with Bielsa, especially with what, 10 games of the season to go, 11 games of the season to go? Yeah, well, Wolves went with the sort of opposite approach against Leeds earlier on in the season that most people have. And you saw that Bielsa's tactics against a half-decent team, they were being torn apart, weren't they, with the really aggressive like man-marking. And I saw some stuff about how Tottenham did it, and it was ridiculous. And then Wolves chose not to do that. And they, they looked quite good against us, surprisingly. Um, but it, it wasn't looking great. The Jesse March... <laughs> I've seen like 50-50 with actual Leeds fans and obviously they've seen their own team more than I have. So yeah. it's obviously split opinion and it's hard. It's sort of similar to us with Nuno, wasn't it? Where I said when we sat Nuno, you very rarely see a manager get celebrated off like that. And yet Leeds are planning a statue for Bielsa. It's literally in one sentence, we're sacking him. Next sentence, we're planning a statue. So it's a it's this confusing one. It very rarely comes around like that. But with Marsh, I remember we were sort of not sniffing around. It maybe just linked with him when... Um, when we we're thinking of getting rid of Nuno, and I wasn't keen. Um, obviously, he gets praised a lot, and I think I said it on one of our podcasts at the time. He gets praised a lot for his work at, at Salzburg, but the front four he had it was Harland, Quang of all people, Minamino, Sabozlai in there. Oh, yeah. I could probably win the Austrian league with with talent like that up front against those sorts of players. So <laughs> Leipzig didn't go well again. Had yeah. players like Sabozlai and, and the new um, the new managers doing much better there, and Kunku. How he yeah wasn't great, but. That first win could be vital. They sort of have like a delayed new manager bounce, knowing our look now they've got that last minute winner. Um, but no, yeah, I, I mean, speaking from very, very far out, I'd have probably just stuck with him. But there was a lot of fans saying, no, I love him, but he's got to go as well. So one that I'm going to sit on the fence with probably until we beat him <laughs> and then I'll say they should have never sacked him. Yeah, I think uh, there was quite a few sections of our fan base when Nuno went was to get Jesse Marsh in purely because it was a, he's almost like a hipster's kind of favourite, mm. isn't it? The way, the way, the way Ted Lasso it. once. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the problem is with American coaches, though. Like, I, all, I almost feel like before that, that they've even kicked the ball, that they're already on the back foot because, like, as as Brits, we just take the piss, don't we? Like, <laughs> like, like Rad Bobbly on Soccer AM. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we just we just take the piss. Like, we don't take him seriously. He might go on to be the best coach in the world, but it's weird. I'd end up doing my American accent on the podcast as well. We don't yeah, like, no, 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 I'm not Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my Jimenez, my Jimenez impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy smokes, that was such a good game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, line up, Jord. 
do you go with the same lineup at Everton or do you go back to the 3 4 3? Do you bring Neto in if he's fit? Eight Nuri? I think I think it's one of the, the only thing I'll say is whatever team he picks, like Dave said earlier, like judge it at the end of the game because people yeah. are going to be unhappy no matter what. And I think that for me, I think obviously at home with um, you're going to have the well, you'd like to think you've got the impetus, you should probably go 3 4 3. And yeah, you know, for me, Prudence, Jimenez, oh, I'm not I'm, I'm not sold on Neto at the moment being back fully fit yet. He's looked, he's looked okay, obviously, but. I mean, then it's going back to the other favourite conversation of like, do you put, put Trincao in the front three? And I know he's splitting opinion as well a little bit. And for me, I don't, again, I, I just think he's a bit weak. Like, I, I think there's a player there, but I just don't think it's going to happen at Wolves. So I think there's definitely options. Um, and yeah, for me, I think you've got to play eight in a re when you're at home against a team you should be beating as well. Because Marcel, um, yeah, he is a square peg in a in a round hole for me, um, in a wing back position. So yeah, I like to see us be a bit more expansive, play three four three, and see where he gets us. With with Neto, I agree. He doesn't he doesn't look back to best, but personally, I don't think he works off the right. I think no. he's much better on the left. I think he's much better explosive, getting <clears> to the byline, whether that's a flash across the box or, or a shot at goal. I. It's early days, not going to write him off, but I just don't feel he's he's almost cute enough to play that that inside forward role on the right. I don't know about, I thing, don't know about what you the, guys think. The thing is, Matt, he played on the right against Palace and he didn't drift inside. He's still stuck to the wing. Mm. So he's getting onto the byline on his right foot. If you, you know, if he was doing that on his left, then yeah, Sam whip it in, but he wasn't doing it. He kept cutting back and then we were losing the ball a lot. If he's going to play on the right, he's got to play narrower. In field, um, yeah. And I don't know if it's how Palace set up and he just found it a struggle to try and break those lines and break into those sort of areas. Um, and I suppose it didn't really help him when he had Keanu Hoover and then a, a probably not 100% sharp Johnny on that side as well um, for the support. So maybe when he's got the likes of Samedo there again uh, or maybe Johnny based on performances yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I'd be probably going someone like Pedence on the right and Neto on the left if, if we're going to go down that route. Yeah, I mean, when he came on against Watford, I thought he looked better, Neto. But there was an opportunity where he picked the ball up. And is it is it Samir, the Watford centre-half? Um, yeah. Where he almost like squared him up and just absolutely burned past him down the left wing. And it was like, that was like, that's what he's good at. Um, but then that's what Adam was good at. And we, we flogged him, well, in the process of flogging him, hopefully. So... I don't know. I'm, obviously, he's a fantastic player to have, and they've just given him a new deal, which I know you weren't very happy about, Dave. Are you? Um, <laughs> You're making it out like I'm flipping at you. No, basically, my, my my issue with that is that last year when Johnny came back from a year out, we give him a brand new long term contract after two decent games, and then Johnny was out for another year again. And what I don't want to happen is that Neto's come on for about half an hour played okay and we've given him another long-term contract and the exact same thing happens. That that was my concern about it. But I, I, I sort of get it from the standpoint of if he does well and we have a, a, a copy of the Adama situation and he doesn't want to sign a new deal, I get that. And I think that's what the club are going to be trying to do from now on, make sure they don't get valuable assets into the last sort of 18 months of their contract. They're going to make sure they've got them for much longer. So that's why Neves is a must this summer. 
So what you said in your tweet, mate, that you deleted from... Deleted I deleted that shit myself, mate. Yeah. I thought I can't be asked with the hassle. It was 2pm, I was like, I can't be bothered for this. <laughs> no, I didn't see him. I was like, He's got it screenshotted, he's ready. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I was in our chat, I was like, oh, a bit of a feel-good story off the back of three defeats. That's that's a bit strange. Like, wonder why they're doing that. Like, I just thought it was... probably He's probably been wrapped up for a while and they've just used it as a an opportunity to try and lift the mood. But I do get what you're saying, mate, and... But he's, he's a valuable asset and they need to try and time down. Um, but for the for the Leeds game, we will be back with a bet mate pot. I believe the pain is going to be three pounds again, Dave. Is that, that that's true. yeah, yeah, back to back to normal. So be yeah. obviously, I think top five is it get the winnings again. So, so we'll be finishing get... bottom table again. So, yeah, yeah. So no, whatever no, teams we pick, pick the opposite of us. And uh things obviously if we get over 50 people, I think the Bet the prize pot uh, goes up. So get involved. Last one before the international break, and there's going to be some some fun stuff uh, when when the football's back after the internationals too. Yeah, they've also got a, a new feature on the app now, uh, where you can almost well you can not not almost. I'm talking shit. You can create a private <laughs> pot um, with your mates, so you can select the fixture, the payout structure, the entry fee. Um, and then you can de- de- decide who you want to invite. It might be your colleagues. It might be a few blokes down the pub. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool new feature that they've added to the to the, the app, and it's a fantastic app. I, I, I think the, I mean, coming from someone who works in marketing, the user experience of the app is absolutely bang on. Like it's so easy to navigate. Um, but yeah, go and have, go and have a look at that. It's all on their socials. On BetMate, it kind of explains it a little bit more, be- a little bit better than than I have. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's the Leeds game, and that's bet, mate. And no doubt, like you said, Dave, now it's back to paying, paying top four or five places that will be absolutely nowhere near it. Um, <laughs> Wolves have announced, or well, the Telegraph have, have, have posted a story. I think it's Persius, John Persius published it, that Wolves are looking at, well, exploring a tour of the US in the summer thing. I think we've spoken about this uh, previously, haven't we, on the podcast? And Wolves are looking to try and uh, penetrate that market, but I bet you can't wait, can you? No, yeah. Was it? Would it have been twenty twenty? It was lined up for the the COVID season ruined it, or, or was it? Uh, yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? At the end of that season, um, it'll be amazing. I think around the sort of normal pre-season dates, we're meant to be in France at the moment for the family, so that one's getting cancelled, or I'm not going to be there um, because I'll, I'll just have to be there. Um, it should be unbelievable. I think the the previous time it was the plan was to play a sort of was it Orlando at the time who had Nanny who's now left sadly, but that would have been a a nice one. Yeah, just anywhere cool. in America. Uh, it'll be against a few Mexican teams, I imagine as well. Yeah, it'd just be amazing. I think once we've done our Talking Wolves trip to uh, Grasshoppers, we'll get that one in the diary as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can afford it, mate. I booked Vegas for me, so I um I don't think a few I'm months. Present. I mean, I could, I could just stay out there. I don't, I don't think the missions would be very happy about it. Um, <laughs> which might not want me to come back anyway after Vegas. George, is it something that interests you going to going to watch Wolves in the US? I mean, I probably watch on the telly. Um, I think, <laughs> I think it, but I think it's it's just because it's preseason, like it's nothing. But I think that it's it's important, and I know again that you know fans get a bit arsy about games going around the world and stuff. And I know it's only preseason, but it helps. And as a club the size of Wolves, in terms of where, you know, we've got to be a bit tighter with FFP than, you know, your Man Cities and all that sort of stuff. We've got to generate income how we can. So if we're going to get paid to go out to America and get some sponsorship and get some uh, finances in the back of it, then great. You know, get more fans, get more exposure into Central and Latin America as well and North America as well. 
I think it all helps. I think that um, anything to I sound like really corporate. Actually, let me just stop there. Like I was saying, to grow the brand, I've been at work all day. <laughs> but it is, it is you know, it, I do sound like bloody Russell Jones and all them. Like, um, but it's right, you know, it is right. Like it, it helps. So I think it's a good thing. And you know, I've always enjoyed watching friendlies. You know, against the MLS All Stars playing whoever, and that could be us. So great, get it on <laughs> telly. <laughs> It'll be quite yeah. fun. To watch. I think the last time that Wolves. Played in America was 1972. Um, that was a pre-season friendly in, in in July, which it's a bit strange, isn't it? They've gone over gone over there in 72. Um, David, something that interests you. I, I mean, I agree with Jordan's point. It's good to try and penetrate that market, but you are going to get the Yudars who will moan about stuff like that. But does it interest uh, you? It interests me a lot, uh, but I'm not sure if it'll interest my bank account or not. So it's one of them. I think I'll have to look uh, I don't think it's your bank account, man. I think it's the missus. That uh, it's probably man, her. Can, we've not been on holiday in 12 months, so that could be our little trip. Yeah, so. just don't oh, tell her. Surprise! No, we're going <laughs> to America. Right. We're actually going uh, to Wolves play bloody... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I'd be, I'd really be interested, but obviously, it just depends on. You remember a couple of years ago when the club released like the pre-season details, like three weeks before all the friendlies. So mm. it would have to be like you know plenty of notice. Make sure, and I hope they do that. You know, give us plenty of notice. Um, if not, watching the games at two o'clock in the morning, I'd be up for that as well. You know, something a bit different. So be one of them. Yeah, looking forward think, to it. See what happens. Thinking about it though. Russell's gone to Miami today. Um, I think he put on Twitter. So whether it's a watch this space that it's going to be announced Ooh, soon, I think yeah. it was for a separate conference thing. I John Percy said, 14th. though, yeah. details are going to get fine. Well, looking to either progress or get finalized this week. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a two and two together. Is it? Yeah, so that's some conference thing I saw on Twitter. Also means we can't sign Ronaldo in the summer um, if that happens. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's not get into that. I think that is probably the, um, the the best time to go on to the questions before we get a, a lawsuit because well, that'd be about you know, get the money to pay for it. Um, so we had quite a lot of um, we had quite a lot of questions on on Twitter and and Instagram. So thanks again for those who have sent them in. Uh, Kevin has asked: Is anyone missing Traore? I, I'll always miss him. I'll always miss the bloke. Nah. A little nah. bit. I think he grew. I think the best way to put it is I grew to love his imperfections. Is the best <laughs> way. To put it. Like he's the most frustrating footballer I've ever I've ever watched in my life. But by the end of it, he went. Oh, you know. I was just hoping. You know, if he did it one in ten, I got to that point where you know what you just really love that one moment every ten. Yeah. And when he put it into Rose Ed of the South Bank, when he tried to cross a ball with no pressure on him, you go, oh, next time, like, just self off, mate. Like, <laughs> like, you know, get the Vaseline on and try again, sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> have you said that a few times, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, I almost feel like Traore is like, like having a dog and you've come home and the fuckers chewed the skirting boards up. And then five minutes later, he jumps on the sofa and gives you puppy eyes. You're like, you might have put the ball in the South Bank from a cross, but you know what? I love you. That's that, that, that seems. So I'll, I'll, I'll always miss him. Do you miss him, Dave? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably bits like against the Palace, against Palace, and that I probably could have done with him. But I don't know. When we've won two games on the bounce, I don't think I'm that arsed. It's always the shouts of, say, after 10 minutes, we've not scored. Got 
games crying out for trail or age. It's always always the same. Yeah. You don't know what you've got until it's gone. Um, Stuart Jones has asked, who would you like as your free centre-halves? As I don't think Sace has been great since returning from uh, international duty at AFCON. Oh, I don't I don't think he's been great, but I don't think he's necessarily been bad, do you think? No, his distribution wasn't great against Everton. I sort of noticed that channel wasn't really working, but he also had no flying wing-back to to hit or winger, really, um, for 80 minutes. Uh, we, we're we fortunate that, I mean, Kilman started initially on the left, didn't he? Um, Bolly can play on the left. I mean, say some Bolly, I remember that one season sort of swapped as well. So you've got options if you did want to drop him. I think he's the reason we played Totti over Sanderson earlier in the season was that he didn't want to move Kilman across, did he, from a side that he shouldn't really be on. So you basically got Bolly or Sace, even Totti to pick from that side now. So I don't think he's been awful. Um, I'd personally give him a contract, I think, for at least another season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good we've got options now, at least. Or you play all three of them and Cody in midfield, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Dave? Who's um, your you three centre half? I, I think I said it earlier. I think we've got the options now, but I think it's very, it'd be very harsh to drop any of the current back three, I think, mm. on a more consistent basis. Say, so I think I thought he was okay against Everton. Yeah, I understand against Palace, you could have put him at fault for one of the goals. Um, I thought he was all right. Totti, I like him, but I still, we've seen him for two or three games, and everyone's mm. talking like he's the next Billy Wright or something sometimes on Twitter. So That's big, we, we've got to just take every some of his. Every fans react. It's, uh, I don't know what Totti Gomez has got to do to get a game. I'm trying to think what games did he play? Brentford. <laughs> Uh, so the, yeah, FA Cup game, yeah. and like I've said before on the pod, he, he was very, very safe. I'm not downgrading his performances whatsoever, but I don't think he's done enough for us to be, you know, singing and shouting about him as much as we are. No, what about you, George? Who's your who's your back through? Um, I think it's for me. I think if you're looking long term, I think it's Bolly Cody Kilman because I. Although Kilman's been good on the right-hand side, I do think you want a natural right footer or a natural left footer on either side to be able to play that channel ball. I think that Kilman yeah. sometimes is coming inside and it can almost put you in a bit of trouble. I think that, I think long-term, that's probably... Or even if you said, name the best three, as harsh as it sounds, that probably would have been the best three. I don't think I'd have Sace in there. But he's, again, he's another one really. Like He's probably one of the first ones if... You're looking at swapping someone out, fan sale, get drop Sage, drop Dendonka. And actually, he's not really ever let the club down, really, for me. In like, no. what is it? Five years now he's been here. Like, Second you know, on the serving player. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you know, a bit of an unsung hero. And I think it'd be really harsh to drop him. I do I do agree it's dropped off a little bit since AFCON, but not to a point where I'm thinking he, need, he needs a time out of the team, if I'm honest with you. Mm. So I don't have to back myself there, but yeah. But Bolly, <laughs> Bolly Cody Kilman, probably the best back three, I think, at the moment. Um, there's quite a lot of questions around Neves and whether you think he'll sign a new contract, which I think we've covered. But uh, Amar's Music Show on Twitter has asked, do you think that um, gaining Europa Conference League participation will be enough to keep the likes of Neves and still let us sign top talent? Um, I, I think it's a conversation that Bruno and then Jeff Shee or similar have got to have with with the team or and with Neves in particular. 
because if they can if they can convince him to sign a new deal but also promise him that they're going to invest heavily into the team then sound you know it's i think it's difficult uh for for neves right now he's obviously wanted at the club i don't think the club will ever be desperate to to let go of him unless an absolutely ridiculous bid comes in for him he's got three young kids here his missus seems to you know enjoy the city i know it's, you know it's one of those things but i think I think we just got to get into Europe in some some capacity, and that that is a huge step for us to getting him to sign um, sign a new deal. But I think it's got like I think Bruno said it two or three times, and he's probably got that in Ruben's head as well. You know, we need to be signing top players to keep our top players as well. So you know, we, we've got to. And I think I I've got a sneaky feeling Martino's not going to stay. So mm. I think you need a top, top central midfielder next to Nevers to convince I don't think I'll be keen to lose both of them, though. No, I really don't. I think it's... Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to flip yeah. that question on its head now, Jordan. I'm going to ask you, uh, in the summer, how much is Ruben Neves worth? Bearing in mind, he's got two years left on his deal. Um, You've got to think about he's not English, so that obviously takes a little bit off because mm. the English stats goes... Oh, I don't know, mate. With that yam yam accent, he's developing. I think isn't she? British passport, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think realistically, okay. What I think he's worth, I think he's worth as much as what Declan Rice would be worth. However, I think you're probably looking between sixty and seventy, personally. But again, Declan Rice could go for hundred million in the summer, and I don't think there's any. You know, I don't mm. think there's any between the two of them, even being completely honest with you. Um, it's just class, but I think, going back to your last question, I don't think the Conference League's enough to keep him. I think we need Europa League minimum, which then means we've got to come top six, which is not out the realms of possibility, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know, if the, I don't know if the Conference League... I want, Obviously, I want to be... It's great, you know. I want to be in Europe, like, saying to Dave, like, my boss is a Maccabi Tel Aviv fan, and they're in the Conference League playing PSV. It'd be quality to go these places, but I don't know if it's enough to keep... He never is and stuff like say we've got European football. I don't know if that lures the same as like actually the Europa League being so new. So yeah. Um how does how, I mean question how's your gaffer in back of your Tel Aviv fan? Yeah, my team right in Israel and stuff. Yeah, so eighty percent of my uh, workforce out in Israel. So I was in Tel Aviv for the Tottenham away game. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So I, watched yeah. A, I watched it in a, a sports bar on Tel Aviv Beach. There you go. What's it like? <laughs> Around there, is it? It's unbelievable. Is it? Like, yeah, like literally, like you obviously hear about all the uh, you hear Israel and everyone's going, oh, mm. God, you there. Yeah. but it's actually like Tel Aviv itself is a bit like LA. I'm not even joking, you. It's like people are on skateboards and, and beat and like rollerblading on the beach and stuff. There's no one under the age of 35. It's just, yeah, it's good. Get out there. Pre season tour <laughs> of Israel, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much is Neves worth in the summer if he carries on the glistening form of the last two games? Around the same, I'd say, yeah, with two years, um, you lose a tiny bit of that bargaining power, don't you? That like three years would give you because I mean, you could get another Adama situation where teams like Spurs were low balling and they go, all right, well, you run it down then. So, probably around that again, yeah, if he was English, you could be talking 100 because the stuff he can do with the football, my imaginary misses, yeah, she was fuming at, um, at that last goal. So, I think around that sort of, yeah, I could even push up to eight. Would you get 80? I don't, he's special, isn't he? Uh, yeah, 80. 80 or they can walk. Easy. Dave? 
Yeah, I'm pretty much same as he's. I'm sure people in the comments will think he's a bit more. I think he's he's worth to Wolves worth a lot more than that. Um, mm. But at the same time, you know, and imagine three or four years ago saying, "Yeah, you're you're going to get seventy million pound for a player." That'd be apps. That would be un, unheard of, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think we've got to be getting at least at least sixty million if he was to go. Some big price tags there. Some big price tags. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'll get that much for him. Um, but that's just. I think that's just down to focus. If it's any, if it's any less than fifty, then sack the board. So true. That's going to get clipped up, mate. When he goes to thirty oh, million yeah. or something. Thirty <laughs> million. Or, or Barca get him on loan. I'll yeah, drop Ricky, Jeff Sheen about yeah. message on LinkedIn. <laughs> Ricky Pudge and and twenty million. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and straight swap for Trincao and Adama. <laughs> I think that'd be enough to put me off football. Um, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> Always walls. Um, <laughs> one more question before. Well, we've got one question off Betmite asking who's better at out of Betmite out of Matt Cooper, M Cooper, Rights and Dave Azapardi. I don't think we need to answer that. I think we know the question. We, we do, the... because if you really look at the accumulative results, I'm pretty sure I finished higher on more games than you. Ah, fuck off. <laughs> I swear now, get your results out now, lad. Well, I've not entered every out. single game though. But that I'm gonna have a look. Yeah, at all right. Let's now. talk about the games that you've entered, and then we can okay. have a discussion. Like, who's better at basketball, Pedence or Ryan Fraser? Scroll down like, to the start. What was the Arsenal game? <laughs> Wolves right. Arsenal. Wolves Arsenal. Where did you finish? No, you go first. Ninety eighth. Yeah, sixty seventh. There, one nil. All so right. Did you uh, go, go on your next game? What did you enter? Uh, Tottenham Wolves, 36th. 19th, 2-0 Dave. Next one. <laughs> Wolves Leicester. Go on. 14th. Ooh, 68th, right, 2-1. Hey, Next one. 59th, Wolves West Ham. 19th, 3-1. Go on. Nah, that's, uh, Wolves Watford, 34th. Oh, 38th, shit. 3-2. It's free all, it's a draw <laughs> then. No, no, no. We still include Everton. Walls, Everton. Yeah. So how many did you win? Is it three all? Three. Yeah, it was three two, but then it went three all. Yeah. You're gonna have to drop your trousers. There you go. Virtual handshake. I knew. I had a feeling. I had a feeling that you'd not finish your rugby that many times. Last question of the pod, and you probably know it's coming. Um, what are there more of in the world? Wheels or doors? Oh my god. I think it's wheels, personally. You know, I all I had a well. I'm not. I've skipped past this whenever it's been asked. I I had a feeling it was doors, but then I I watched a TikTok. You know that guy that does like, um, will it sharpen? Metal cup edition or whatever that weird <laughs> one from yeah, the UK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a video about it, and he said there's like four billion Hot Wheels toys with working wheels. Yeah. Um, so like he convinced me that wheels, but then like you look at like cupboard doors, they've got like wheels on as well. Not mm-hmm. some of them, yeah. Well, exactly it's, that, yeah. So I think yeah. it's wheels, it's right, got you pedantic, think. hasn't it? It's got like if we just did, I think they should have just said right tires or like door, like door frames because you could deep it too much. Then people are going, oh, clocks have got loads of wheels in, and I still wouldn't have an answer if it was it just cost. tires and actual doors. Um, but yeah, when you're saying that, there's so many stats where you go, oh, that, and then you go, oh, well, 
this building's got so many doors and then you go but hot wheels advent calendars yeah yeah exactly advent calendars 25 there so it's just like yeah dave dave's convinced me with hot wheels that's tipped me over the edge (laughs) (laughs) i think it's doors and i only go back to to, um i don't know if you like watch peep show or watch peep show but yeah Mark, Mark, mark corrigan says Famously, every window is a door when he exits the window at the conference. So that that's me. <laughs> we look at like most cars. I've got they've got five doors with four wheels. Yeah, like so the boot is a door, door. technically as well. Say again. The, the boot is a door. Isn't well, yeah, it? five five doors, so four wheels. It's someone's asked Sam Beacon as well, friend friend of a uh, friend of Talking Walls, Talking Walls contributor. Is there more grass or hair in the world? Gotta be grass, hundred percent grass. What about if we did Molyneux? Would you say there's more wheels or doors at Molyneux? Uh, no wheels because they've all fucking fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads of wheels on them heaters yeah. they put on the pitch. There's just no alloys in the, the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's more bricks than wheels. <laughs> but then you've got um, wheels in the till. Well, well there's one okay. there's one if walls want to you know we, we need to break the barrier between walls and, to- and the the club uh, talking walls and the club they get us in to do that and investigate talking walls exclusive mm. is there more wheels or doors at modern new stadium there you go finn sorted oh, i think I'll doors. Propose it. Yeah. it's gotta be doors if you're not counting like cars on the car park at molyneux yeah, yeah doors i'd say gotta be doors because mm. where else are you, you're going to get wheels you've got them big wheels on the the the, the light rig the, goals, the goals well. that's about it. The goals, mm. the I little rails where they put the clothes. all the concourse tills. That's got all the now. We yeah. changed the game now. No, I don't think oh, so. No. I think I think we've exhausted that chat anyway. Now, um, <laughs> I think that's time. I think that's that, that's uh, a nice place to, to end the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have tuned in, um, Dave, where can people find you should they wish? Yeah, so it's Dave as a party, D A V E A W Z O P A R D I on Twitter. Finn? Finn is F-I-N-E-R-R-Z, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I was late to this podcast and delayed everyone just to put my Everton video. So if anyone wants to check it out to make it worth these guys' time. Oh, look at the plug there. Look at the plug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Um, George, where can people find you, mate, should they wish? Um, So at GeorgeRus7. Um, and no plug other than visit Israel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have you got anything you want to plug? Probably no, I don't think so. Or am I meant to? No, 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 uh, just like, you know, we're all we're all plugging stuff. What uh, I get up get... to what, what I get to up on Saturday nights is up to me. Right? <laughs> 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 what, happens, what happens in techno stays in techno. <laughs> um I'm M Cooper Wright on Twitter and Matt Cooper Bites on Twitter and YouTube. If you are fans of mixed grills, make sure you go and check that. There's my plug. Um, and in true Talking Walls fashion, Dave, you're you're the, the seasoned YouTuber. Would you like to uh, sign off the show? <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone for listening once again. If you want to leave us a, re- a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you can uh, do so now. Obviously, uh, once again, I'm sure if we mentioned it on the last one, big thanks to Wolves Radio for inviting us on there. You can find snippets of our podcast on there. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. And until next time, we'll see you all very soon. And don't forget, bet mate pop, £3 in on Friday. We'll see you all there.